Boo! Happy Friday the 13th, everyone. It's Denise Salcedo. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. And we are going to chat WWE SmackDown today. And not just any ordinary SmackDown, but rather the season premiere of SmackDown. And we've got quite a bit to get into. I thought that they did a very, very good job on today's show. Like, legit. We have so much news that happened. They got to the point very fast. Uh, It really did feel like a season premiere in the sense that we have a new general manager we got a debut we've got some programs that are clearly underway and we also got some very very fun confrontations I think that uh, generated some sort of reaction out of a lot of people as we were watching today so I can't wait to talk about Smackdown before we get started everyone I hope you guys are enjoying uh, enjoying the just like the week overall but especially of course today's Friday the 13th and I really love Friday the 13th whenever we get one because I don't know I like the spookiness I like the vibe so I got my uh my deathmatch chair earrings today uh feeling it I'm feeling the spooky season but of course before we get started just a really friendly reminder to everybody if you want to help support this podcast give some love uh please you're more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point throughout the show it guarantees that your question your comment or your statement gets read here on the show and it's just a way to help keep me funded so let's go already i know everybody here is like already sending in so many comments like we got ellen saying that mania season already starting it does kind of feel like it because you know right now it's usually like the slow period it's usually the slow period for WWE, right? Like usually there's only so much going on right during this time. But given the season premiere and just everything that went down, I feel like they definitely gave us a lot to talk about. It feels like, it, 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 you know, may, you know, maybe it's just the fact that time is flying by so fast, man. But I feel like WrestleMania season is going to come. Like that shit's just around the corner, guys. And I literally just feel like we just finished talking about WrestleMania 39. And to think we're already getting into WrestleMania 40. And it feels like we're getting there already even though it's still several months away uh we know that time flies very very fast around here but we got our first super chat of the day and this is from abraham via viala 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 oh my gosh i'm so sorry abraham he says thoughts on the jade charlotte confrontation well abraham thank you so much for the super chat so we'll go ahead and get started right then and there so we had a quick confrontation. I wouldn't even call it a confrontation. I'd probably call it a uh, a meeting. They met for the first time. They laid eyes on each other. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. We had Jade Cargill and Charlotte Flair backstage. So we had a moment where Charlotte was talking with the new general manager, which we'll get to in just a second. But uh, the new general manager is Nick Aldis. There's news with that. And before she's about to kind of like walk off, she turns and she bumps into somebody. And the person that she bumps into is none other than Jade Cargill. Now, Jade Cargill has been doing all of these appearances on WWE. We've been seeing her on Fastlane. We saw her on NXT, the Tuesday episode, the Super Tuesday episode. And now she's here on SmackDown. So I don't know. Here's the thing. This is There's two things to get from this. One is that it looks like it's possibly, possibly Jade Cargill is going to be joining the SmackDown brand. And the reason why they made me think that or they might have alluded to that is, well, one, it seemed like she was being walked in by Triple H to go talk. To Nick Aldis, unless this was just an introduction thing, because again, we saw her on NXT chatting with Shawn Michaels. We saw her on Fastlane chatting with Triple H. So maybe she's just chatting with everybody, right? I don't know if this was her um, coming in to like make an introduction to be on SmackDown or if she's just too making the rounds on every single uh, show before we actually find out which brand she's going to be on. So I don't know. I can say that based off of today, I feel like she's going to be on the SmackDown brand, but then chances are that come this Monday uh, for their season premiere, uh, it definitely feels like we're probably going to see Jade Cargill on Monday. If we don't see her on Monday, if she doesn't make any sort of like little cameo or appearance, then I'm going to feel a lot more confident that she is going to be over on the blue brand. And 
And I know that it's hard It's hard to say to which brand I feel needs her more, whether it's Raw or SmackDown, because truthfully, I feel like both brands could definitely uh, use Jade Cargill's uh, star power uh, on the actual show. But one of the things that I've said before in regards to Jade Cargill is that WWE is doing a phenomenal job at making Jade feel like a big deal. They are making her feel like she's important, like you need to know about her and her being on the show and having these moments like the one that she had with Charlotte Flair feels like a big deal. Now, uh, there is going to be a match next week between Charlotte Flair and EO for the WWE Women's Championship. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, are they going to go for it already? Are they going to have Charlotte defeat EO and become the champion and then already get into this program with Jade? I feel like it's too soon and too early. And I, it still feels like there's more question marks up in the air than anything else. But I don't know. It's so hard not to think that way when, you, when you're seeing what you saw today on SmackDown, which was this match being made and then this confrontation between Jade and Charlotte. But uh, either way, it's clear that the WWE knows what the fans want because seeing Jade have any sort of interaction with any of the women, we want to see her clearly interact with women like Rhea Ripley, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, uh, your Baileys of the world. Those are the women we want to see Jade interact with. And the fact that she already had this interaction, this face-to-face -face with Charlotte Flair, uh, this felt pretty damn big. And I loved it. Like, we need more, uh, we need a bigger feel for the women's division and having people like Jade, especially with the way that they've been really hyping her up. It feels like a big deal. So right now I'm seriously feel freaking feeling this at this moment. Uh, Abraham, thank you so much for getting us going. Matt Logan sends in a super chat saying, so Debbie was the other night. So Debbie was the other night at the movie theater was the closest you've seen you've ever been to Taylor. Sna oh, okay. 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 So Matt Logan, <laughs> Did autocorrect change Denise to Debbie? I was like, who's Debbie? What are we talking about? Okay, so yes. Okay, so on what was it on Wednesday, all the stars aligned everybody all the stars aligned AEW wasn't on. And I mean, even if it was on, I was still going to go to the premiere. Uh, but I went to the Taylor Swift premiere and I got to see Taylor Swift very, very freaking close. She came into the movie theater. She surprised everybody. You can hear me going like, Oh, my God. Uh, in the video that I posted on Twitter, it was phenomenal. Uh, that's actually um, not the closest that I I've been to Taylor. I've actually been closer to Taylor uh, at the BMI Awards when I saw her um, get her BMI Award. And this was when she was like uh, Bleachella Taylor Swift. So that was actually closer to her then. But damn, it had been years since that had been that close to Taylor Swift. So it was freaking awesome. And uh, I was shaking. I could feel water coming out of my eyes. It was the whole thing. Uh, but thank you so much to Matt Logan. And also shout out to Sheldon freaking Jackson for gifting 20 20 memberships dude you have been gifting so many memberships i want to thank you so much and uh dude you're freaking awesome also please let me know if you're on twitter or instagram or facebook because i've been wanting to message you and um I didn't know what your Twitter name was. So I feel like I should definitely know your Twitter name. So at some point, let me know in the in the chat over here. Uh, Sheldon, thank you so much for doing that to, for everybody. Matt Logan says, my first super chat was full of spelling errors. <laughs> You're awesome, man. Don't worry about it. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, and you didn't even have to send in a follow-up super chat to say that, but I still appreciate you sending that in, man. Will Chisholm is all up into the house. What's up, Will? He sends in a super chat saying it popped me so hard. WWE teasing Jade versus Charlotte and then tease Roman versus Cody too. And a GM pretty good show. And that's what you need to do, right? For a show like this, for a season premiere, I didn't want to go in and tune into some ordinary bland SmackDown. No, thanks. I want to tune in and get news. I want to tune in and feel like, okay, if it's a season premiere, you want to feel like new things are starting or, oh, hey, we're resurfacing 
seeing with these main characters. Like, they did really good today at getting you excited about things that were from the past and getting ex you excited about things that are on the horizon. Uh, Will Chisholm, thank you so much for that super chat, man. We got another one here from Call Me Crazy who says, AEW stars might be more interested in WWE after seeing how Cody, Jade, Brian Pillman Jr. are being treated. Well, Cody Rhodes was definitely someone that you knew was going to be, um, you know, the treatment. They were going to roll out the red carpet for him coming in and debuting at WrestleMania and having that moment, that reaction. That was huge. That's a match. Not everybody can get that right. Like there's only select people, only select talents that can get a treatment like that with Jade Cargill. They've gone about it a different way where they've really given her the Hollywood starlet treatment. They got the paparazzi around her. They are making her feel larger than life. And I think that's definitely a good thing, especially because it's clear that she's at the performance center. It's clear that she's still sharpening her in-ring skills and she's going to continue to do so, right? Like that's always going to be a thing. Uh, and they can just like throw her in there right now and have a match, right? I mean, they probably could if they wanted to, but the way that they are setting her up and building her up to this, I feel makes it feel like a bigger deal, man. It feels like the premiere, right? Like this is the, we're getting the premiere of Jade right now, the, the appearances, uh, and then eventually we'll actually get the match and the, you know, the big moment, right? We'll get there. And then with Brian Pillman Jr., dude, I'm so freaking happy, man, because that guy, I have wanted to see, and I've said this so many, so many times, but I really, truly wanted to see AEW do more with Brian Pillman Jr. I really thought that it was there. I saw it when he feuded with MJF, and I was seriously bummed when they never circled back uh, to him. But like I said before, there was a lot of moving pieces in terms of people coming in and out of AEW, new faces and everything happening that unfortunately, Brian Pillman, I think just got Brian Pillman Jr. just got lost in the shuffle. But that NXT vignette that we saw on Tuesday was literally the best way to kickstart him off because already he has a purpose. He has a he's not like he said in the shadows of his dad anymore. He's not anybody's junior. He wants to break out of that. And I think that within itself was very, very intriguing. I think they did a really good job of making it very clear who Brian Pillman Jr. is. And now that he's going to have, uh, you know, the, the name change with the last name being King instead. It's going to take a second to get used to that, but we'll we'll get there. Uh, thank you so much to Call Me Crazy. David Kaplan sends in a very generous super chat saying, Hello, Denise. Are you really amazed how hard WWE is pushing Ellie Knight? Do you think Triple H wants to make his own mark with this move? I think Cody is in big trouble. Thoughts? I do not think Cody's in big trouble. I, I don't. Honestly, I really, really don't because I know that the people are super behind Ellie Knight. It's very, very clear. But to me, the person to take away the championship, to, to dethrone, to take away the title from Roman Reigns is still Cody Rhodes. I have not, uh, in my opinion, I don't know where you guys are at on this, but I have not. I have, if, if you're still going to tell me who do you want it to be, Cody Rhodes or Ali Knight? I mean, it is Cody Rhodes 100 and it's probably for me, Ali Knight. 1%. I'm sorry. I'm just not there yet with seeing LA Knight being the one to take the title away from Roman Reigns. I, I'm not there yet. I know LA Knight is super popular and I know a lot of people might want that, but I am personally just not there yet. To me, the interest, the intrigue is still in Cody Rhodes, but we'll talk more about LA Knight, Triple H and, um, Roman Reigns and all of that in just a second. Thank you so much to David for sending this in. Stephen Marchulli says, uh, Cody Roman stare down, I believe, WrestleMania tease. Uh, thank you so much to Stephen Marchulli. And um, let's see where else we're at here. Let me press on. All right, so let's get to it, guys. I'm going to kick things off with uh, the opening that we got with John Cena and Roman Reigns. So we'll kick it off there. So. John Cena comes out and he welcomes us to the season premiere of SmackDown. But he is very quickly interrupted by Roman Reigns, who's accompanied by Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa. Friendly reminder that we've been seeing John Cena and Solo Sokoa have these little interactions, including a, a, a freaking fight on NXT this past Tuesday. So they've been clearly, uh, you know, starting to, you know, cook that up between Solo Sokoa and John Cena, which I may add is freaking huge for Solo Sokoa. But anyways, 
Roman and John Cena then end up doing a back and forth on the promo. Roman calls uh, John Cena Hollywood. And every time I hear anybody be called Hollywood, the first thing I think of is Hocus Pocus, everyone. You guys know. Remember when the two guys are calling um, the, ma- the, the main character Hollywood? Oh, that's the first thing I think of. But anyways, we got John Cena chants. And this plays a purpose because Roman Reigns says that the fans are chanting for a coward. Says that John Cena only showed up because Roman Reigns took his leave. And John Cena says that he's actually not here to challenge Roman Reigns for the title. He says he hasn't earned it yet. And I'm personally thinking, oh, he's going to say he is going to earn it. And they're going to run this. They're going to do this, which already to me, I was like, okay, I'm down with seeing John Cena, Roman Reigns. I ain't going to complain. I'm totally down with that, right? And so I'm thinking, okay, is he going to say something along the lines of I'm going to earn it? And that's the direction that I thought this was going to go into. But instead, John Cena says that this guy has earned it. And all of a sudden you hear LA Knight's theme music play and LA Knight comes out and he has his little uh, face-to-face with Roman Reigns. And the first thing he asks Roman is like, oh, are you going to pee your pants? And I thought, okay, that's that's a way to kick off this promo. Okay, whatever. Uh, he tells Roman Reigns that things have changed since the last time he was there, that he's basically become the fastest rising star in SmackDown history. And Roman Reigns is fucking great, guys. Like, I swear to God, his reactions, man, I wish that I can, like, screenshot every single facial reaction that Roman, that Roman makes because this dude was not impressed whatsoever and (laughs) Roman Reigns like oh here's another guy another guy out here trying to think that he is the best trying to take away my championship uh he was not having it with LA Knight whatsoever and um before we can really hear from Roman Reigns because all he really says is that who is he he what's he doing in his ring he's a nobody and you know LA Knight's trying to uh you know put himself over that sort of thing But instead, before we can get more interaction between Roman and LA Knight, this is cut short by none other than Jimmy Uso, who comes out and attacks LA Knight from behind. So I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, a a pretty interesting way to kind of close it off with leaving both guys, uh, you know, with not having one win over the other in this little promo war. So I'm going, okay, fine. This is then uh, we make they made a match between Sola Sokoa and LA Knight. And we get a lot more stuff with the with the with the bloodline. So let's talk about this backstage. Roman and Jimmy. Roman's a little upset at Jimmy for uh, just going in. And like Jimmy says, calling in audible to attack LA Knight in the ring. And Roman. It's like, are you the quarterback? And Jimmy's like, yeah, you know, he's hyped. He's he's freaking yeeting. And Roman Reigns tells him he doesn't like that. And by the way, that is the most. Mm, I was so happy when Roman Reigns said that he didn't like the the yeet thing. I agree. It sucks. Thank you, Roman. I agree with Roman Reigns on here. Uh, so anyways, uh, he tells Jimmy the big thing from this is that he tells Jimmy that, dude, it is a slap in the face that Jey Uso is out there as a tag team champion, and then it's not with his brother, Jimmy. It's a slap in the face that he's out there being tag team champion with Cody Rhodes. So clearly he wants that to get solved. All right. So let's fast forward into the main event. We got LA Knight versus Solo Sokoa. And I thought this match was okay. It was fine. But Jimmy gets involved, of course. And Cena comes in, hits Jimmy with an attitude adjustment, and Solo then goes in. He hits John Cena with the Samoan spike. And during this little, uh, I guess you can say, distraction where Solo Sokoa is distracted by John Cena, uh, LA Knight uses that as an opportunity to hit him with the BFT and get the win here. So after this, LA Knight is out there freaking celebrating, having like, okay, like I won this match. And then out of nowhere, Roman Reigns comes out and spears LA Knight. So that's the whole thing that happened here with the bloodline with Roman Reigns and LA Knight. That's pretty much all of that. But let's talk about this because I, okay. So in terms of, 
I feel like this is a cool thing, right? This is a cool thing because it's clear that LA Knight is over, okay? He's got a lot of fans. The people are rooting for him. And he's got the people behind him, okay? He gets great reactions. And they had teased a couple weeks before already. They had teased that LA Knight Roman Reigns was definitely a possibility when he ended up having some beef with Paul Heyman on a previous episode of SmackDown. And so we kind of already knew that this was on the horizon. And even then, I remember thinking like, oh, damn. I mean, LA Knight literally went from the guy who was the fan's favorite, but it didn't seem like WWE wanted to actually actually, uh, you know, capitalize on that. It didn't seem like it. And then all of a sudden, this guy is starting to get some wins. It feels like the company's behind him now. And then all of a sudden, they're teasing him and Roman Reigns. Now, Roman Reigns is the top of the mountain right now. Roman Reigns is the guy, you know, they said, what was it, the number like 1,100, I think 1,138, something like that. That's how many days he has been champion, okay? So whoever takes the title away from Roman Reigns is going to be the guy that everybody is talking about. So now the question is, should that guy be LA Knight or should it be Cody Rhodes or should it be somebody else? Now, it for me, I'm just going to say it, and I said it already earlier, but I do not think LA Knight should be the guy to defeat Roman Reigns. I personally feel like we have gone through so freaking much, man, to get to this point. And I know that a lot of people might want it to happen, but hear me out here. I really do think that, first of all, it just has to be Cody Rhodes at this point, guys. It would be a freaking troll job if Cody Rhodes doesn't finish his story. At this point, like, dude, you got to do it. I was already so irritated when it didn't happen at WrestleMania 39. I don't even want to revisit that, okay? I don't even want to revisit that at all. Um, And so now, the moment feels like it has to be WrestleMania 40. Now, I know some people are like, no, it doesn't have to be. You don't want it to be predictable. Nah, I'm done, guys. I'm done. WrestleMania 39 was already uh, a surprise finish, not having Cody Rhodes win that. I don't want to hear none of this. LA Knight should be the one to defeat Roman Reigns. I don't even want to hear it. To me, LA Knight is going to get the W simply by being in a feud, being in a match with Roman Reigns, okay? To me, that's how he gets the W. To me, that's the win for LA Knight. I do not think LA Knight should take the title away from Roman Reigns. I think it still definitely needs to be Cody freaking Rhodes, okay? And even afterwards, we did have a confrontation, by the way. So, um... Before we closed out the show, we ended up seeing the 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 um we ended up seeing the confrontation between Jimmy with between Jimmy and uh Solo Sokoa, and then we also had the freaking um uh, Cody Rhodes and Jay, right? And then that's when we had the moment with Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. And I will tell you, when WrestleMania 39 went down and when all Everything happened. I was just like, oh, I can't believe WWE did this. This was such a shitty move. And that's legitimately what I was thinking. I was thinking thumbs down all the way. And I still am with that. And the big thing that I kept feeling was the moment has passed. That was my big, big feeling. And while I still feel that way, the fact that I still got at least a little bit excited seeing Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes have this confrontation made me go, hmm, maybe I still have interest. Maybe I still have interest in seeing this match happen. And I, today was a reminder that yes, I still do have interest in Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. And now if they don't do WrestleMania 40, I'm even going to be more irritated about this WrestleMania 39 outcome because that was the shit. And I thought it was the wrong call then. And I do not want, I want them to, you know, I want them to make up for that. You know, I want to make up for that. I want to have the moment because I do think that Cody Rhodes needs this. I do think that Cody Rhodes needs to finish the story. He needs to defeat Roman Reigns. All right, where are we at with this, guys? Let's get these comments in here. We got a super chat here from Nell D who says, Denise, you hating on Yeet? That's not very oozy of you. I hate it when people use that word. Uh, personally, I don't like it. I've never been a fan of it. Uh, so, yeah. So, thank you, Roman Reigns. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you so much to Naldi uh, for the super chat. We got another one here from Matt Logan who says, I feel Cody Roman tease could be for the Royal Rumble too early for WrestleMania. Well, they don't even got the, the tease is fine. Like the tease is like they could do the tease, right? 
and then not get to that for a second because you're going to have, I think they can do, God, would it be, maybe they can do Roman LA Knights for Royal Rumble or who knows? It seems like they might even do it sooner. I don't know. Uh, I mean, Royal Rumble's not that far down the road anyways, but they could probably do something there. Uh, I do think that the tease was just to get people talking for the season premiere, right? Like that's truly what it feels like. Like, like let's just get people talking for the season premiere. But I do think that, that's not going to happen right now, that that should happen closer to WrestleMania 40. Uh, Christopher Marino says, so how was your Wednesday? Only like the best night ever, the best night ever. Uh, thank you so much to Christopher Marino for the super chat, man. Um, all right, let's get some comments in here. This is from Mac Hensley, who says 100% right. Anyone other than Cody prefer, preferably at last WrestleMania, but we can't have nice things. Or maybe Jay wouldn't make, would make sense to me. Uh, wouldn't make sense to me. I love LA Knight, but give him the U.S. belt or something. Yeet. <laughs> Matt Kensley, okay. I appreciate I appreciate your thoughts on here, by the way. And yeah, I do. I'm more along the lines of I can see LA Knight, you know, becoming U.S. champion. I can see that direction just a little bit more possible than him uh, defeating Roman Reigns. So yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one here. Uh, let's get some more comments in here. Red Beard in Bluegrass says, WrestleMania 39 in the title situation this year still has such a bad taste in my mouth that it made me groan and not want to watch the rematch. Maybe they can make me care once the story starts. I... Like I told you, this is where I've been at. Like since WrestleMania 39 happened, this is where I've been at. And today was the first indication, the first real, real indication. And it was just a face-off, nothing more, nothing less. It was just a little face-off. They just had eye contact. The two dudes had eye contact. And you know what? I went, oh, shit. That was my reaction. Oh, shit was my reaction when I saw Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes have a freaking eye contact, guys. Let's be real. It wasn't that much. It was just intense eye contact. I'm not going to call it a confrontation anymore. It's intense eye contact. Um, And I wasn't expecting to have that reaction. I was going to be there and just be like, hmm. That's what I would have guessed my reaction was, but then it wasn't. So there you go. We got Kami Crazy who says he respectfully disagrees. Uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, we got different opinions here. This one's from Case Study who says, Corey's, Corey, Cody is boring. I prefer if someone else beats Roman. Nah, no way. Who else though? Case Study, I'm curious. Who would be your pick? Who would be the other person? Would it be Ali Knight? The moneymaker Chris sends in a generous super chat. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, he says, how do you feel about Nick Aldis being named the new SmackDown GM? Well, Chris, you get us, you're segueing us into our next topic. So let's get to it. Here we go. Uh, and we'll circle back to Roman Cody. God, probably a million times from now until it eventually happens. But for reals. Um, okay, so let's talk about this. So let's get into the Triple H segment. So Triple H was promoted for this night it wasn't promoted that he was going to make like a big announcement or anything but they basically said he was going to be making an appearance and unless the dude was just going to come out and wave i think for the most part we were all expecting some sort of announcement which we kind of did we got quite a lot in this there was a lot that happened so triple h comes out and he basically says that he wants to call attention to Adam Pierce and that he feels that he's been doing a great job as general manager of two brands and that it's a thankless job and that nobody should do it alone, right? And so he's leading us into making an announcement that there's going to be a new general manager. So he says, Adam Pierce is getting a promotion. He's going to be the new general manager of Raw. So Adam Pierce is moving on over to Raw. So we're going to be getting a new SmackDown general manager. But before we do, we get Dominic Mysterio. Dominic Mysterio comes out and interrupts Triple H. And during this, so he comes out, he interrupts him, and everybody's like booing like they normally do when Dominic comes out, right? It's great. And Triple H, Triple H, if you notice, he always tends to make like, little jokes and this is something that I've always picked up on whenever he's like talking to the media or he's doing his press conference Triple H is very he's very funny and he always likes to throw in a little subtle joke a little subtle nod about something and if you pay close attention and I'm sure many of you have already noticed this before but if you listen to him talk 
uh, in interviews or promos or or uh, like I said, media press conferences, any of that sort of stuff. He always throws in some very funny uh, gems, right? And he doesn't make it obvious. He does it in a very subtle way. So if you're listening, you catch it. So this one was, and I was, I was, I was wondering. I was like, is he going to make any sort of mention? And I didn't think he was because usually, usually they don't go about it this way. But I was wondering, is he going to make any sort of mention about you know the? Tuesday night war this Tuesday about some of the things Tony has said. I wasn't really expecting it, but deep down, I did have that thought in my head of, hmm, is Triple H going to make any sort of mention like that? He didn't. But instead, he did make a mention about Dominic Mysterio because there were some people on social media that were, you know, wondering or maybe saying that Dominic Mysterio's booze are piped in. Because they are freaking loud, man. There's times where I'm going like, holy shit, like, this is awesome. I love people booing Dominic Mysterio. To me, it's like a stress reliever. If I ever go to an event and Dominic Mysterio is there, I'm going to boo this man like there's no tomorrow. And that's my stress reliever. Uh, But anyways, so Triple H basically says that he goes, oh, man, like, he's like, I can't believe. And this is not verbatim, by the way. He's like, oh, I can't believe that. You know, the booze are so loud. I always thought they were pumping them through. So basically making a mention that he that he was pretending to be those people that thought that, oh, those booze are piped in. So basically making a nod to that. So I thought that was pretty funny from uh, Triple H. But then from here on out, though, we get Nick Aldis. So this is the way that this happened. Because... He finally says, I'm going to introduce the person who is going to be the SmackDown general manager. And I'm waiting for someone's music to hit. I'm thinking, okay, someone's music's about to hit. Who is it going to be? And then he just says it. Oh, it's Nick Aldis. Right? Like, just like that. Just like that. Oh, it's Nick Aldis. Now, I want to start off by saying that I have not seen Nick Aldis wrestle in a long time because I do not watch. Oh, hold on. Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Prior to his last little run that he did in Impact, I had not seen Nick Aldis wrestle in a very long time. I did not watch any. I probably maybe watched two matches, and this was very, very early on for his NWA stuff, but I did not watch anything of his NWA stuff. I was a fan of his in his first run in Impact Wrestling when he was Brutus Magnus. Oh, I loved Brutus Magnus. Like, oh, my God, I was obsessed. I was like, yes, like, this is the guy, Brutus Magnus. Ah, you know, like, I was a big fan. And then, so whatever, he goes, he, go, he has a, another run at uh, in Impact Wrestling, and he is very short, but he has that time. And you Quickly thereafter, people were like, oh, he's going to WWE. He's going to WWE, right? So it finally happens. He gets introduced by Triple H. Nick Aldis, he comes out. Unfortunately, there is little to no reaction whatsoever. So that was a little bit like, ooh, maybe they should have had some music. I don't know anything because it was kind of, it, it, it was worse with no music because you're just like, oh, here's this person. But everybody's just like, you know, I think sometimes when you're on social media, you you think that everybody knows everybody, right? But that's really not the case. There's a lot of people that are fans that are at the show that are not every day on, on the IWC, right? And so there was a very, very, there was no reaction to Nick Aldis on SmackDown as a general manager. And this was personally, or not personally, but this was a reminder that No one watches the NWA. Holy damn. Bro, this to me was just like a reminder of ain't nobody watching the NWA. So I'm excited to see Nick Aldis in SmackDown. I'm liking him so far as the general manager. And Lord knows we needed a new general manager. And I will tell you why. Adam Pierce was fine. He had some great moments with... um, with Chelsea Green. I love those interactions, but it was getting stale. It was getting old already. Uh, 
I was over Adam Pierce as a general manager on both shows for a quite a while. I did think that they needed to, you know, spark it up, change things up. And so having Nick Aldis as the general manager already just with his different presence, the way he speaks, the, the way that he's just, he just feels a little bit more like he doesn't feel like authoritative, like the way that um, freaking Adam Pierce did. He feels a little bit more like laid back and cool. And I like that. I like that. I like the feeling of, oh, this doesn't have to be so serious. No, he's just a guy and he's cool and he's got a suit on and he, you know, he knows the talent. And hey, this is what's happening. I like that. So I'm happy to see Nick Aldis on WWE. I'm happy to see him as a SmackDown GM. And so far, it was needed. It was needed to make the show feel different, to give it a different vibe, a different feel. So um, thumbs up. Happy to see Nick Aldis on SmackDown. Um, all right. So let's see what else we got here uh, and see what people are saying. We got a couple of super chats to get into. So let me pull them up. This one's from David Kaplan, who says, do you think Nick Aldis will wrestle or just GM? I hope he will wrestle, too. Honestly, I hope at some point we do get to see him wrestle because, you know, I think he's like 36 years old. He can what like definitely wrestle. Are you kidding me? He can definitely wrestle. Um, so maybe they're gonna just start him off as a GM and then kind of weave him in. I don't know. I do hope we get to see him wrestle at least once or something. We'll see. Uh Sheldon Jackson sends in a very generous super chat. Thank you so much to Sheldon for all the love. Sheldon says, I like the fact that both general managers have held the 10 pounds of gold, aka the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, a combined seven times. Adam Pierce, a five-time champ, and Aldis, a two-time champ. Uh, regardless of the fact that nobody watches the NWA, um, that is a very prestigious belt, as we all know. And holding it is definitely something that is going to get people going like, oh, shit. If you hold the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship belt, it, it means something, right? Unfortunately, just nobody watches the NWA. So there's that. Um, all right. <laughs> I feel like I should stop saying that. <laughs> I hope no one did a counter. Denise said it like five times already. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Zeno Hour says, <laughs> Zeno Hour just made an alter ego for me, says Denise Salcedo buries NWA. But Debbie thinks Tyrus is the go. Oh, hell no. Not even my alter ego thinks Tyrus is the go. Oh, hells no. Not even my wor the worst version that anybody can make of me would ever support Tyrus. Ain't no way red beard and blue grass says i think it was more than five times i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> all right so anyways good for nick aldis man happy to see him there uh he's a nice guy so i i'm excited for him to finally get this opportunity in wwe and we'll see where it goes from here oh man <laughs> sorry i'm just laughing at the uh comments right now but anyways all right so uh did i cover everything that went down no there's still one more thing that went down that we need to talk about in this triple h segment and the other thing is that kevin owens has been traded over to smackdown we finally got the trade from uh that cody made from jay uso over to raw and now we're finally knowing who the person is over on smackdown which means Sami Zayn and kevin owens have been parted uh we're getting kevin owens on smackdown uh i think this is great i love kevin owens so pretty much any brand that he's going to be on is definitely going to add a whole lot so you know at this point kevin owens has gone back and forth a lot but this is fine excited to see him on smackdown cool thumbs up uh david caplin says you think mickey may follow her hubby i hope so dude i would love to see mickey J you know mickey james is the person that i always wondered why she wasn't in aew I mean, I've said this before, but I feel that Mickey James should be like, to me, she is the example of, how do I, let me reword this. If anybody, I would love to have, like if I were a female wrestler, the career of the person that I would love to have would be Mickey James because she has been, she's had such longevity. She's been freaking everywhere, man. And she's so freaking cool. Her promos, her matches, her characters. Uh, she's creative. She's passionate. Uh, she, the girl can do it all, man. She can freaking do it all. And I feel like Mickey James has really 
always kind of like reinvented herself. And you don't often see that with women, especially given how long Mickey James's career has been. Like she's constantly been coming up with new things to, to present herself, new things to do. Like the Mickey James, uh, her, the last rodeo that she did an impact hardcore country. I mean, she's just done so much. Like I always thought that she would go to AEW because I felt like, dude, if you're going to hire anybody to like work with a lot of the talent that you have there, especially a lot of the, the, uh, you know, younger talent who you know need to work with somebody like a mickey james i always thought mickey james would be perfect in that division but yeah, i don't know i don't know i always just thought it would happen but uh, i would love to see mickey james return to wwe uh, i think that there's still a lot that she can do and a lot of girls that she can mix it up with and the people care the people care because you know when you when wwe fans think of mickey james what do you think of one of the first things you think of is her feud with Trish Stratus. And that feud with Trish Stratus was literally one of the best women's feud storylines like ever. So I feel like she always is going to have a soft spot in the hearts of WWE fans, literally because of the work that she did in WWE, but also, of course, the work that she did with Trish Stratus. So to me, that's always like one of the first things that pops up in my mind when I think of her WWE career. But I also think that she's earned she's earned the respect time and time and time again from wrestling fans because like i said she's literally been everywhere so i would love to see her uh return in wwe we got a super chat here from brandon cavallaro who says kind of feel like jay and sammy should have won the tag title belt makes kevin's move to smackdown makes um more sense well given just like everything that jay and uh sammy uh went through their up and down friendship i mean God, imagine what a story that would have been if at the end of all of it, all of a sudden, Jay and Sammy did have that moment to be tag team champions because they were, they were, you know, they were, they were buddies. They were buddies, man. Like, and they had, I mean, I'm not going to take you guys through the whole ride of the bloodline. Uh, a lot happened between those two, but I do think it would have felt very, very meaningful if there was ever a moment where they became tag team champions together. Uh, that shit would be nuts uh brandon i don't maybe they could someday circle back to that sure i don't know but it would have definitely felt pretty cool brandon thank you so much for the super chat i appreciate it man thank you so much for coming on here and supporting uh okay so let me go ahead and uh get caught up here um all right so and yeah, we got a lot of people here in the chats, by the way, who are putting over uh, Mickey James, too. And someone in Zeno Aram actually mentions Trish Mickey one more time. Dude, I mean, it's not like Trish Stratus hasn't been active. Uh, so, yeah, imagine. Oh, my God. Imagine if they were to run that back. Or, God, even, we're here talking about intense. We're here talking about intense eye confrontations. Um, Freaking Mickey James and Trish Stratus. Imagine if that were to happen in WWE again. Bro, my heart would like pop out of my chest. It would just pop out of my chest. I'd be very, very happy. All right. Um, let's see. What else do we got to get into, guys? We got a couple more items to talk about. We've kind of covered nearly everything, all of the big topics. Uh, pretty deadly. Back once again after Elton Prince's uh injury he had separated his shoulder back in july so he's finally back they have a match against the brawling brutes they get their win happy to see them uh get back here because i do think that pretty deadly is one of the coolest tag teams they got such a great character um they got it down man so i'm happy to see them back we got carlito who did a backstage interview with kayla braxton and he is asked to describe his return at Fastlane, and he says it was cool. He is quickly confronted by Bobby Lashley, and Bobby's like, oh, yeah, remember the last time you were here? I beat you down. And so Carlito's like, I roll, not having it with Bobby Lashley at the moment. So Carlito basically says, like, oh, we should have a match together. And Bobby says he is not dressed. And so the Street Profits hit Carlito in the back with a chair, and then afterwards, so they all beat him up. They jump him. And uh, Bobby Lashley throws his apple at him. And this here, we end up seeing Bailey and Zelina get into it backstage. So then this leads to a match between them. But I like it. Carlito comes in here already getting, uh, already having beef with uh, freaking Bobby Lashley. The whole time, though, I will say this. The whole time I was waiting for Carlito to literally take a bite of his goddamn apple and spit it in that beautiful suit of Bobby Lashley. I thought that was going to happen. He hasn't done the spitting thing in a while. Uh, I need to see it. 
I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're not doing it because of COVID, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I get it if they don't do it. I get why. All right. So Bailey versus Zelina. Uh, this match was this 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 was a match. It was not that great. It, it was not that great. Um, but anyways, z- for the finish, I'm gonna fast forward to the finish here. So EO causes a distraction and Zelina goes after her. Then Bailey takes advantage of that, hits her with the rose plant and wins the gets the get the gets the win here. All right. So like I said not the best match. But after the match, all of damage control attacks Zelina and she has a friend though and that friend is Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair runs out there with them heels. She goes out there. It looked a little hard. It looked a little hard for Charlotte to have to go out there in those big old pumps. Don't know how she does it. Uh, I got boots on right now and let me tell you, I don't even wear these boots out in public because I cannot walk in them. So I only wear them. I wear my boots to podcasts where no one can see them because I cannot walk in these shoots. So the fact that Charlotte Flair had the freaking courage to run out to that ring in heels, and she's done it plenty of times before, but every shoe is different, okay? Every shoe is different. The fact that she went out there and she did that, I'm like, damn, girl, I don't know how you do it. If I freaking run with these to my freaking kitchen, I would like fall and die. So there's that. Um, there's a match that's made for next week. We already mentioned it. Charlotte Flair versus EO is happening. That was made made by Nick Aldis. And we already talked about the Jade Charlotte situation. But uh, I don't know, guys. Does Charlotte defeat EO? I feel bad, but I'm not digging EO's reign right now. I feel like they only, like, I'm, I was so happy that they even did something with her. Like, they even had her win at Fastlane. I was so happy that she won at Fastlane because... They, ha- they don't do anything with her in between. Like, in between, the focus is not on her as the champion. It's it's sad. Like, I feel like they should have put more focus on her. And that's why I wanted her to win at Fastlane. So I'm like, let's give this girl a damn good match. Let her sh- remind us why she's the champion. Let us remind us how good she is. But they don't do anything with her throughout the throughout the weeks like i feel like they constantly just have her just there and of course like the main attention is bailey but i feel like when you've got they could do so much more with eos champion they can do so much more there and i don't feel like we've seen it so we're getting charlotte versus eo next week i don't know if this is it for eo i don't know if they're just gonna have charlotte win on this random smackdown maybe maybe not i have no idea if she if if i really like if they're going to, here's the thing. Like, I feel like I just don't want to see Charlotte already win another title because I do think like, we know she's going to get there, right? But I want there to be more time in between those wins so that maybe when it does happen again, it, it means a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But then I'm looking at this and I'm going, they don't do anything with EO. I know Charlotte had the bout. They do something with Charlotte. So we'll see what they do here. EO may or may not retain. I'm I'm not as confident. When I was doing my fast lane predictions, I felt more confident that EO was going to retain. I'm not as confident for this SmackDown. So we'll see. Um, ideally, what would be sick is if EO had an awesome match with her and Charlotte and they actually had EO win nice and clean. That would be phenomenal, but I don't know if that's what they're going to do. That would be great. That would be ideal, but I don't know if that's what they're going to do, honestly. Uh, Dr. Thanos says, Charlotte 16 incoming. I don't know. MD89 says, if EO loses to Charlotte, I will be mad. Caden Crawford says, please, there are not enough women on SmackDown to give new people to feud with. Plus, she beat the two big women on SmackDown. So who else is there for her to feud with? Feud with? That's something we've always talked about, too, for the women on both brands. It just doesn't feel like there's enough. They're not building enough challengers for the champions. This has been an ongoing topic now for, like, God, for, like, over a year, I feel. I feel like I've been saying this for over a year. And it just remains as is. So we'll see. Um. All right. So let's see what else we got here. Tay says, I got a crazy idea. Hear me out. EO breaks away from damage control and goes on an undefeated streak. That'd be awesome. I mean, they, I thought, 
at Fastlane that Bailey was going to turn on EO. I was so shocked when she actually helped EO out. I truly, truly was. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I thought that that was going to be like the moment that she finally turned on her. And when it didn't happen, I thought, are they done with that? They still mention it on commentary. They still mention that damage control isn't, uh, you know, they aren't the best of friends. There is still some tension there. But I also feel like they haven't really been hinting as much that there is tension there. They were right before Fastlane because if you remember, Bailey was the one who made the match. Bailey was the one who made this triple threat match for EO. She's the one who accepted it. So I don't know. They kind of like, they touch on it some weeks, some weeks they don't. We'll see. Um, I, I do think that we have to get that payoff eventually because they've teased it so much that at some point we need to see the breakup of damage control. But who knows when that's actually going to happen here. Um, by the way, I forgot to mention earlier, we talked about the, the face to face, but I forgot to mention that that was after, uh, freaking Cody Rhodes and Jay defeated Grayson Waller and Austin theory for the undisputed tag team title. So that was when the face to face happened. Um, all right, everybody, we got one last thing to get into, and that is the matches that are taking place next week. We're going to get you and Charlotte for the women's championship. We talked about that already. And we're also getting a match between Montez Ford and Santos Escobar. That's going to be taking place on Friday night SmackDown next week. Alrighty, everyone. But that is literally it. Uh, we did it. We talked about the season premiere of SmackDown. Uh, so much that went down here today. Uh, I want to thank you guys all so much for tuning in to the show. I appreciate you guys so much. And I really hope you have an awesome weekend. Uh, get those Friday the 13 vibes going, man. Uh, I love it. Put a, I I. So what I've been doing is I turn out all the lights in my house and then I turn on this like little string of orange lights. I have like these orange lights for Halloween and I got my little Halloween decorations. It feels very like cozy. Uh, this is like my favorite season ever. I love the cozy, the coziness, you know, sitting on my couch, watching movies is my blanket and my twinkle lights. Uh, maybe some of you might get that rolling for you guys as well. All right, everyone. Uh, I will be back here on Saturday to talk about AEW Collision. It's looking like a pretty damn good show. Uh, let me see. They've announced Brian Danielson and Christian Cage. Uh, for the TNT Championship, that's going to be taking place. And then Samoa Joe versus Willie Mack. That's going to be a meaty, beefy match. So we'll be talking about that on SmackDown's Collision. Before I go, just a friendly reminder, if you guys haven't subscribed already to the channel, please do so. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm at 58 reviews. I'm trying to get to 100 by the end of the year. There's three months left. I just need 42, I think. I'm bad at math, 42 reviews. So if you guys go, uh, please leave a review. You don't even have to write anything. Just leave a star rating or something. If you do write something, I read them here on the show. Uh, so please give me a review to read, uh, hopefully a good one. All right, guys, that's it for me. I'll see you guys here on Saturday. Bye, everyone.